24th of October, 1912. Rucker again. No at this time. Mr. McCoy put me on the wing because he assumes that because I'm small and skinny that I'll be fast and therefore effective there, but I'm not. I'm a bad runner, and I hate it. I was tackled by Worrell and twisted my knee, said I wouldn't be able to make extra practice, and McQuaid punished me with two hundred lines of Seneca. Crudelius estquam mori semper temere mortem. A let-off in the circumstances, I suppose, especially since he felt I'd undermined his judgment. Worsened considerably when I got back to dorm and Worrell made me take off my trousers to parade my knee. It was swollen and colouring by then, and he was proud of his work. He's bullied fearfully by Bambridge in sixth, and has no other language for his misery, and I could pity him this, but he must have responsibility for his own actions. I have elevated my knee, using pillow as a bolster. More useful there than under my head. We'll see Matron tomorrow if there is no improvement. 25th of October, 1912. Knee is now the size and colour of a turnip, and I can't bend it. Matron has given me a crutch, and it is humiliating, but at least Worrell now gloats only from a distance. And I am excused sport for two weeks, about which Mr McQuaid is clearly livid. I spend break alone, which is also a relief, have occupied a bench at the western corner of the playing fields, a very pleasing view down and across the valley beyond. Almost wish I had a worse injury so I could sit out here and paint it, maybe. The river at the bottom, the old soccer pitch, the Tower of St Luke's. It's quite a sight. 26th of October, 1912. These last two days have been a real tonic. Cuffley remarked my spot paper on the De Medici's showed the most improvement in the class, and he does not dispense compliments easily. A private chat with him about how I am occupying myself. An odd instance when he maintained there was not, and never had been, a soccer pitch near the river. McQuaid insists that I must be exercising my knees, so I took a turn down there. The pitch is there. The whitewash is fading and the goalposts rotting a little, but it is there. But I'm in Cuffley's good books now, so won't press further. It is curious, though. 27th of October, 1912. A bad night, uh, a chill from my walk, perhaps. Imagined on and off a hooded figure at the second-floor window. Rather afraid it'll come inside. At about five o'clock in the morning, I had to go to the window and almost screamed at the sight of muddy footprints on the sill. Then I realised that these were from Jacob's rugger boots, which he has a habit of storing in there and bringing inside lights out. I was excused for the day by Matron. No regrets dropping McQuaid right in it with her. You'll get an earful. You'll say, Merenti Populus Donentum. <laughs> 28th of October, 
1912. Cuffley joked that I'd physically exhausted myself on the Medicis, and I was an example to everyone. Bankersy's usual bench at break, but was inevitably joined by Worrell and others, uh, to whom he wanted me to display my injury. It's now much reduced, of course, so he was disappointed. I got a slap across my ear. As he walked away, I happened to be looking at the soccer pitch and had a flashback to the night before last. The hooded figure was now standing watching me under the goalposts. Maybe maybe just a pain in my ear, but some curious impressions this time. It didn't seem to be wearing a cloak, in fact, but instead a dark, thick jacket with a type of hood and a metal fastening up the front. On it were embroidered letters or numbers. It was hard to tell, owing to the mud. It had curious shapeless blue trousers, like long plus fours, and very large white gloves, and a kind of sports boot that I didn't recognise. Bad night once again. Jacob's wandering about with his kit at all hours. 29th of October, 1912. Worrell couldn't be woken this morning. It seems that he... he died in the night. A lot of lurid gossip in circulation regarding this, although mainly from Baxter, who's not given to vibrant fantasy. Baxter's story is that Worrell was asleep on his back, with his eyes closed and unmoving. When he couldn't be woken, Dr. Pargeter arrived and checked for the usual signs. Baxter maintains that when opened, Worrell's eye socket was full of mud, fresh and viscous, which oozed down his face. His mouth dropped open at that point and was also full of mud, at which point the whole dorm was evacuated. An ambulance has taken away Worrell's body, together with Matron, who is reportedly hysterical. At break, my friend on the soccer pitch is back. It raised an arm to me. I don't know if it's waving or if it's pointing. 30th of October, 1912. A dream. At least, I think it's a dream. I'm standing on the soccer pitch that Cuffley insists does not exist. It's daytime. It appears to be the present day, but there are strange differences, occasional hollow machine-like moans from overhead, and when I look back towards the school, it has unusual collections and gatherings of wires on the roof. I turn back and my friend is in front of me. Under the mud, his jacket and hood are black, with the white letters A-D-I-D -D down the sleeve. Inside the hood, I can see only clagged mud grass, occasionally a stick, and somehow that mess tells me not to be afraid. It tells me 
that it hanged itself from the crossbeam of the goalposts when it was just my age. Or rather that it will do this in the year 1992. It tells me that it now experiences all moments from this place at once. It is currently focused on me, so it sees my time with greater clarity. It tells me what it did to Worrell. I should be scared, but instead I am consumed with every fragment of its loneliness and pain, its desire for company. I also feel my gratitude for what it has already done for me without being asked. I also feel so angry that in 80 years nothing will have changed. I feel its soft, wet arms come around me and we sink into the ground to the space between normal time that it appears to have created. My body will not be found in the morning. Post mortem nihil ipsaque mors nihil. Mm -hmm.